Once again, good morning and welcome to everyone. It's great to be here with y'all today. Such a joy and an honor to be here with y'all on this beautiful Sunday morning. I don't know about y'all, but I've been loving this cooler weather. Definitely been great to be able to be outside and not sweating all the time, right? But in order, in order to not forget about that heat, though, you know, today we're going to talk about hell. That sounded like an awkward laugh more than anything. <laughs> All right, so as we're talking about hell, you know, maybe some things that come into our minds is hell real. You know, if we have an all-loving God, an all-good God, how could he possibly send people to hell? You know, how often should we talk about hell in our lives as Christians? I'd say most of our life we should be talking about heaven and talking about the Lord, keeping our eyes fixed on heaven. But we also must recognize that we live in a culture that does not fear God, who's trying to erase God, who's trying to erase the supernatural world from our lives. So every now and then, it is good to be reminded about evil, that, ex that it exists. <laughs> Plus, as Aggies, you know, we beat the hell out of a lot of things. <laughs> so it's important part of our normal vocabulary, so we need to know what we're talking about, right? It's funny, as I was actually like thinking about this, you know, if you beat the hell out of someone, it's actually a charity to them because <laughs> hell is a place of suffering, so you're beating the suffering out of them. So, All right, so let's look at how this topic of hell connects into our readings today that Holy Mother Church gives us on this Sunday. You know, in our gospel, we hear about this place called Gehenna. I don't know if you caught that at the end of our gospel. Gehenna, which is another name for hell. So where does this word Gehenna come from? You might hear it in other places in the gospel and scripture. When first century, the first century Jews, for them, Gehenna was a real place. It's an actual geographical site. It's in the Valley of Hinnom. And the land of Hinnom is recorded in the Old Testament and was a place southeast of Jerusalem. If you go to the Holy Land today, you go to Jerusalem, you can actually see where this place was. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, it's recorded that a lot of human sacrifices, demonic activity, and the worship of pagan gods happened in this place called Gehenna. It is also a place where the people of Jerusalem would bring their trash. So they'd throw their trash over there and then they would burn it. So it's perpetually on fire. So this place of Gehenna was a visible symbol that Jesus is using as a way of comparing it to hell to the inferno it's a place of perpetual fire a place of separation from god now at the end of the gospel jesus says that gehenna is a place where the worm does not die and the fire not quenched so what is he referring to here well the first the image of the worm not dying and is an image of perpetual corruption the worm eating the body jesus is quoting from the book of the prophet isaiah so in the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verses 24, the prophet says, and these would, this would be on the mind of all these first century Jews, the prophet says, and they shall go forth and look on the dead bodies of the men that have rebelled against me, for their worms shall not die and their fires shall not be quenched. So Jesus is quoting this passage as he describes hell. You know, no one talks about Gehenna or hell more in the New Testament than Jesus himself, which is important for us to take note of. 
You know, and why does he do that? It's because Jesus loves every single human being. He does not want any human being to separated from him from all of eternity. So with this background in mind, my friends, this morning, let's return to some of these questions we started with. If Jesus does not want us to be separated from him, then how can an all good and loving God send people to hell? When we approach this question, firstly, we need to remind ourselves of who our God is, that he is love, that our God does not hate certain people and then love other people, that he is love. He cannot change. He's an overflowing source of love. You know, we're told in scripture that God is like the sun, that he shines on the good and the bad alike. We know that our God made us out of love for us. He didn't have to make us, that he made the world, he made each and every human being out of love, love for himself to be in union with him. Now, out of love for us, God also gave us free will, free will that separates us from all other created beings, you know, of that the animals, they don't have free will. Plants don't have free will. Only us, as God's children, have free will. He could have made us robots. He could have made us to worship him, forced us to worship him, forced us to love and follow him, but he didn't. So out of this free will, we're able to either love God or to reject him, to follow him in this life or to stray from him. But my brothers and sisters, if we are made for love, when we reject God's love, then this is what's causing a suffering in our souls. And I think we've experienced this through our own sin, the times we've rejected God or we've rejected others. We experience this suffering. Something isn't right. There's a lack of peace. There's a chaos of sorts. And my friends, ultimately that is what hell is, an eternal suffering of the soul that's away from God. Hell is saying no to God for all of eternity. So once again, if God loves everyone, then why would he send them to hell? And this is where we must encounter the truth. The truth that God does not send people to hell or condemn people to hell. Instead, people send themselves to hell. They refuse God's love. You know, C.S. Lewis, one of our great authors said that the door to hell is always locked from the inside. It is not God who locks the door from the outside, but people themselves lock themselves into hell, away from God. So then you might be thinking, well, why would anyone choose hell? It doesn't make sense. Well, the way we live our lives on earth, my friends, will either harden our hearts to God or soften them towards him. At the end of our life, or when Jesus comes again, which we don't know the day nor the hour for when that will happen, we will each be judged individually. And if we have lived a life for God in this life, if we have a relationship with him in this life, then it will draw us closer to him in the next life, and he will also recognize us. If we have hardened our hearts to God, if we refuse to love him or to love others in this life, then we will be cut off from him now in this life. We will be separated from him in this life, which will then also carry into eternity. Now, once again, C.S. Lewis said, the love of God lights up the fires of hell. The love of God lights up the fires of hell. 
So if you turn away from God's love, we said it becomes a suffering for you. Because we were made for God's love. So here's a little analogy to help explain what C.S. Lewis is saying a little bit more. So I got a little story for you, Ags. <laughs> Always wanted to do this. <laughs> so uh, there's a student named Old Rock. <laughs> and he was a good ag. You know, he was actually a junior class of 2023. And as a good ag does, he was getting his aggie ring his junior year. <laughs> so when he was getting his aggie ring, all his friends and his family came into town and he was having a huge party at his house. They're having a great time. You know, everybody was looking at his ring. He even got his ring blessed with fighting Texas Aggie holy water. So they're on cloud nine, almost like it was heaven. Well, then a friend from high school came into the room, and his name was Bevo. So Bevo came in and saw all the glory of this party and Old Rock having a good time. And he just sat in the corner by himself sulking because he didn't have that Texas, fighting Texas Aggie ring. Yeah, keep doing that. <laughs> and he was thinking in his mind that there were 2022 worse reasons as to why his dinky longhorn ring wasn't as good as the Texas Aggie ring. So as, old, as Bevo was sitting in that corner, this suffering started to grow in his heart because he was watching the glory of this party. He was watching Old Rock celebrating with his family and with his friends. And so he continued to have this suffering because he wasn't a part of it. My friends, in a similar way is what happens for a soul that's in hell. And that's why God flames the fires of hell and because of the souls that are there who recognize that they're not in union with the one that they were made for. I didn't have a way to have a joke at the end, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to talk to our Aggie Catholic Yell leaders to help me with that one. <laughs> My friends, that kind of gives us an example of what hell is. You know, a distance from God, a suffering away from him. Now in the Gospel of Matthew... Jesus says that the path to heaven is by the narrow way, but the road that leads to destruction to hell is wide, and that those on the path are many, that the path is narrow, the narrow way to heaven is hard, and those who are on it are few. My friends, this is why the call to conversion, the conversion to Jesus Christ in each one of our hearts, and to stray from sin and to live a life for God is so important. You know, our culture wants us to forget about hell, wants us to forget that evil exists. But the truth is, is that heaven and hell are real, and that one day all of us will die. Now, God doesn't want to scare people into heaven. That's not how we should approach our faith of just having fire insurance. It's not how to approach the faith. We should approach it out of love. And so this is where the good news of Jesus Christ comes in. The good news that out of love for each one of us, individually as a unique human being, that he has died on that cross for us, wants to journey with us in this life so we can spend eternity with him forever. If we accept him as our Lord and Savior and we live a life for him, 
even in the midst of our weakness, possible confusion, sin, that we can still trust in the love and mercy of our God who desires to spend eternity with each one of us. But then we have to ask ourselves, what about our brothers and sisters who are non-believers or maybe who have left the church or not living a life for Christ? Because we're told in the scripture, the path to destruction is wide, which means, my friends, we have a lot of work to do. And firstly, we must ask ourselves, are we praying for those who have left the church or have rejected God? Especially those in our families, maybe our roommates, in our orgs on campus. And then secondly, are we trying to invite them back to the truth, to Christ, to his church, for the very person who they were made for? You know, as baptized Christians, as disciples of Christ, it's part of all of our mission to do this. Not just as the priests or the deacons, but every single one of us. Y'all, we're talking about eternity. Eternity never ends. This topic should be very sobering for us to talk about. You know, many of us, and I know this is a suffering for many of you, you have family members or loved ones who are very far away from God. And we have to keep praying and begging the Lord to soften their hearts so that they may encounter him and encounter him soon. You know, a lot of times when I'm experiencing this as a new priest, and I speak this in, in gentleness, but a lot of times maybe you're doing a funeral for someone who was not faithful. And a lot of times we can put them on a pedestal and think, oh, well, they are a nice person, so they must be in heaven. And yes, we have a merciful God, but being a nice person is not enough. You know, we say that Jesus Christ and baptism is necessary for salvation and living a life for him. So I think it can be a hard thing for us to swallow and be sobering when someone who's not faithful passes away. And yes, at the end of their life, maybe that they were able to choose God, so we don't know for sure. But it is one thing we must face that reality and not put rosy-colored glasses on. But this should not lead us to despair. Instead, it should motivate us to encounter other people so that they may be able to encounter Jesus Christ. Jesus is, has a great love for sinners, and we see this countless throughout Scripture. And his endless mercy should bring us hope. But also, if we're not a little bit sad or concerned about our friends, our brothers and sisters who have left the narrow way, then we need to wake up. We must also realize, too, that when Jesus was preaching about hell in Scripture, he was talking to his disciples. He was talking to his followers. Today, the people who are in church, including the priests. So we can also look inward to see if we're truly on the path of light, the path towards truth, because we don't get another chance. Now is your chance, my friends, because when we die, it is too late. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And to be honest, my fear is that we have a lot of students that maybe come to Mass every Sunday, or maybe it's just once a month, who can say, Lord, Lord. But how many of us are living out our faith when we leave these doors? Are we doing God's will and trying to follow the path of light? 
recognizing we're still sinners, we're still going to need his mercy, we're going to mess up, but are we trying to seek the Lord in this life and to follow him, to allow him to transform our lives? Hey, brothers and sisters, I can't make you fall in love with Jesus. That's your own free will decision. And we realize that our decisions in this life will determine how we spend all of eternity. Now, as we leave Mass today, my hope is that the recognition of heaven and hell gives us a little bit of a wake-up call. You know, we always need that little reminder every now and then. And I'm including myself in that. But ultimately, I hope it gives you hope. God has given his church the beautiful sacraments to help us get back on that path of confession, of receiving his very body and blood that helps us to grow closer to him and to stay on this narrow way. And we have a merciful God who loves us, who has given us free will and created us for love. God desires for us to join him forever. He's not a tyrant. He is a father that loves his children. And therefore, he also allows us to choose him or to reject him. My friends, let us never forget that hell exists, even in the midst of our crazy culture. But continue to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and on heaven. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.